listening to the most original talk radio station anywhere. We are L.A. Talk Radio at latalkradio.com. You're listening to State of the Arts with Michael Sterling and Paul Strolley right here on L.A. Talk Radio. You are indeed, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Michael Sterling. And I am Paul Strolley. And you are listening to State of the Arts. On the magic that is L.A. Talk Radio. That's right, Paul. Yes. That's right. We'd like to thank our presenting sponsor, Breakdown Services. Breakdown Services is the entertainment industry standard used around the world, providing the most professional means to reach talent agents as well as actors when casting a project. To learn more about them, please visit BreakdownExpress.com. Our thanks also go out to PerformingArtsLive.com for their ongoing support of our live arts calendar. PerformingArtsLive.com is the most comprehensive such listing service in Southern California, enabling you to search events by date, category, and region. And joining us in studio today, Paul, are two of the stars of Countermen, a world premiere dramedy about love and the Iraq War, which previews this Friday, August 5th at 8 p.m., with the official run opening August 6th through the 27th at the White Fire Theater in Sherman Oaks. Film star, television, and Broadway performer Marion Ramsey is in studio with us, as is television and theater star Bart Braverman. Welcome to State of the Arts, both of you. Great Thank to have you. you. Nice Thank to you. have you. Thank you. I'm you here. I'm, giving, I'm doing applause twice. There you go. <laughs> Bart, we know we, the, the Bart, wave. Uh, we Bart, we know we had to explain a lot to you, but you you can't wave, okay? <laughs> the wave doesn't really fly on the radio. I appreciate the effort, but people have to know you're here. I practiced when the Royals were in Canada. <laughs> God bless him. He's got, and he can pull it off. Did you see yes, that? Yes, he did. That's I a, liked it. It was very stylish. That's a practiced hand. That's a practiced hand. There I you think. Go. That's why he got the role in in the play. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. A practiced hand? Yeah. <laughs> in other words, it's a hand <laughs> Gonna job. Going to forgo the obvious. <laughs> hey, hey, don't be talking that way. What? You, you, how, who we have to be clean on the radio well, all the time. with the four Making hand words. job jokes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, because of the... <laughs> um, before we talk to Marion about yes. how, how was your uh, how was your week? Interesting, interesting. I, I met uh, a couple of celebrities from the past, which was uh, at, a, at a beautiful theater that I work with called the Glendale Center Theater, which is this gorgeous theater in the round. Are they're, 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 they're doing 1776. One of my favorite musicals. Great production down there in Glendale. Yes, thank you, Paul. And I uh, had one of our radio colleagues in to see the show, uh, Sheena Metal, from mm-hmm. the Sheena, Sheena Metal Experience on, on this network, on Channel 2. And with her came one Susan Olson. Ah, yes. You remember Susan? No. I do. Yeah. Susan yes. was... Cindy Brady. Cindy Brady. Oh, the yes. Brady Bunch, oh. the littlest. Oh. Yeah. The littlest Brady. I just yeah. saw her a couple of weeks ago. We yeah. did a show together in, uh, in Burbank. Did you? Oh, you did. Yes, it was, uh, and her picture is right out in the... Uh, yeah. She's been on Sheena before. She's got a picture well, out she there. Well, she and Sheena also have a show together now called A Couple of White Chicks Talking Politics. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, which has just started up. And she's she's very she's very sweet. I met her a couple of weeks ago. Very yeah. sweet indeed. Very nice. And then uh, so she was there with us on Friday, and then on Saturday evening, Mark Hamill. Yeah, I know who he is. Luke Skywalker. Yes, of yeah. course. Yeah. yeah. Was there? So the audience was thrilled, and they were flooded for autographs, as was the cast of the show. So. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it was kind of fun. I wish I had a week that good. Yeah. How was your week? I got, you know, it's funny that we should be talking about we're we're going to be talking about countermen later, but I had an issue. With an Iranian woman in my building. And it was not a negative issue. It's just I had an issue with her. And I only say the Iranian woman because it, it figured the language barrier, the fact that she speaks Farsi and doesn't speak English, right. caused a little bit of a problem. She's a sweet, sweet woman. My wife and I have a condo in Tarzana. Mm-hmm. And uh, right down the hall from us in this complex is this woman named Fatima. And she lives by herself. And she's elderly. And her son and, and uh, daughter don't make it to the building as often as they would like to. So they often call on me to help her if sometimes her air conditioning will be stuck and I'll go over and fix it. She has some vision problems. And uh, I've fixed her plumbing for her before and I've programmed her remote for her before. And this is all without being able to speak the same language. <laughs> so she comes oh. over and I learned something about the Muslim faith. And what I learned is never... If 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 a woman she, she brings me food all the time because I helped her with her plumbing like once and I get food two to three times a week and it's phenomenal. I food. was gonna ask. It's phenomenal, <laughs> and but I learned 
if there's a Muslim woman living in your building, do not answer your door without your shirt on because she rang the bell and I thought it was the maintenance guy because I had called him. I didn't have a shirt on. I opened the door and she screamed and <laughs> ran away. That, because you had your shirt because on. Because I did not because I did not have a shirt on. Now she's very you know, she observes the whole thing with the uh -huh. covering the oh, head and so everything. It had nothing she's to do very, with that you weren't her type. It was just <laughs> had nothing to do with that. And the the most touching thing about it was that she screamed and ran away, but she still felt the need to feed me. So while <laughs> she was screaming and running down the hall, the, the pot was on the extended hand oh. in the other direction trying to get the the casserole to me, even though I had offended her religious tenants, apparently. <laughs> Did you so, accept the food? Oh, of course I accepted the food, and I'm and it doesn't. I can't even apologize because we don't speak the same language. So yeah. I was trying. I'm saying I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She's running. I don't have a shirt on. It was very awkward. <laughs> Tremendously <laughs> awkward. That was my week. It stuck with me. It's very <laughs> unnerving. Wow. Wow. Wonderful story. <laughs> well, this is that's a movie. Yeah, wow. <laughs> well, a very you know movie of the week maybe. Mm -hmm. Paul Let's talk to our interesting, interesting things that happen every talk week. Talk to our lovely guests. Indeed, indeed. You're going to start this off here, or what's yes. that? You're going to you talk about our first guest? Uh, no, uh, I can. Oh, but here if you, I go. If you would like to, right. you, you certainly can. Our first guest, ladies and gentlemen, has appeared in Europe, the UK, on Broadway, and on the West Coast in such shows as Cinderella, Little Shop of Horrors, Yubi, and the musical version of Gone with the Wind. Not only a familiar face to television audiences, she is also a movie star, having created the role of Officer Laverne Hooks in six of the hilarious Police Academy motion picture series. Please welcome Miss Marion Ramsey. Oh. Spike it up a little bit. Hey guys, how's it going? Good. And look at you sparkling in your beautiful top there. I figured I'd shine. You did. You dress up for radio. A lot of people don't do that, but we appreciate it, don't we? Yes. Yes. Indeed. Yeah. I wish Bart wore pants, but that's a whole oh, other yeah. thing. <laughs> his memo said it was pantsless Monday. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he wants to be remembered. It's He's hot out there. Well, you know. <laughs> He lends a hand, as they say. Yeah. A union hand. <laughs> a union hand. Well, the... Which is also a hand job, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Lady! Hey. Oh, I'm sorry, Michael, will you say that again? <laughs> Which is also a union hand job. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Oh, Try the veal. <laughs> so, Mary, tell us about, and um, we'll get a chance to talk about this at length, I'm sure, but tell us, can you give us, us a synopsis of Countermen, this production that you're doing, and what it's like, and what it's about? It's... First of all, this is my first play. I've never done a play before. This really? Yeah. All musicals? All musicals, oh, yeah. yeah. And um, it's um, a very interesting piece. And uh, uh, it's about these guys that have been in the service in, in the past. And they uh, hang around in uh, the, this restaurant called Mopar's. Okay. And, um, and basically, they kind of just live there pretty much i mean they're regular fixtures yeah, yeah uh, regular fixtures yeah. there and uh, all the lives of the men and 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 what they've been through uh uh um, i i play the uh uh one of the waitresses i think i'm the head waitress <laughs> really and um um there are uh, two waitresses that work there and uh we're like family right kind of uh and one of the guys he um was the younger one, a uh, uh, military man. Um, he gets hurt, b burned badly. Uh, uh, I'm going to leave most most of this to Bart to tell you, <laughs> but because uh, I'm used to used to doing musicals, you understand. <laughs> well, but it's a, it's about the lives of these people and how they're intertwined and um, uh, dealing with the with the with the military and what's right. going on. Uh, uh, you know. And the post like post traumatic, post -traumatic uh, issues and yeah. now I noticed through the promotional material that there are musical elements in the show though. There's a, a something about a guy on the countertop with a with a laptop computer or something. Yeah, and um, this is a play with some music. Okay. And um, like it's a like a, what can I say? Um, it's just got. So the music sort of flavors, you know, the action. I mean, they're it, actual... Uh, it kind of pushes uh, it along. Underscores it. it. Yeah. So there's no just, singing or anything. It's just sort of like flavored. No, there's some singing. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's some singing. Uh, I do a little. Do you? Yeah, I do. And, so it's uh, a comedy. It's a drama. It's a musical. 
Oh, dramedy. <laughs> uh, dramedy maybe. with music. Yeah. With it's not music. Oklahoma. There you go. <laughs> no. No. It's not Oklahoma. But the lives of these men are very interesting, and uh, I'm I'm wrapped up in 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 in, in the uh, this piece really. The uh, author is a Vietnam vet, right? The, 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 yeah. I was yeah. looking through that, and uh, a gentleman we had on the show. Uh, did we have Tucker on more yes, than we once? Yes, no, we did. No, just once. Yeah, Tucker yeah. Smallwood, a great actor in town, and he's uh, he's written a book about his experiences in Vietnam called uh, Return to Eden, because he actually was, uh, he flatlined over there. He got his throat cut, and he died, and then he was brought, you know, resuscitated and wow. brought back. Fascinating, fascinating tale, and a great, great actor was doing a production of Tracers, and... Um, through his book and reading about it, I was I became very mm-hmm. very interested in the guys because mm-hmm. a whole different. I mean, I I know this is not about the, the Vietnam War, but it's a it's a really interesting dynamic for those guys when they came back because they didn't really have the the healing process that right. the World War II guys had, where you came back on a boat and there was a little bit of time where you could commiserate and. Uh, share stories and be with other people the right. vietnam guys came back and they were they were home in 12 hours yeah and they flew back alone and that's and there's a huge element of healing that's not there yeah you know for the and what that that really i think is why vietnam was real i mean not that there wasn't post-traumatic stress order disorder in world war ii but it was really Vietnam that it, it became the the buzzword that it became right and then in, the, in the current conflicts too. right right yeah I particularly like uh, this grouping of actors um, and actresses. Um, I think they really, really, probably a lot of people audition for it. It's really a compelling piece. A it's really a good size cast, piece. too. Yes, it is. About a dozen people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, and do, do you, let me ask you, do you find, it's a, it's a new work, it's a world premiere, so right. in this process that you've been going through, how long have you been rehearsing? Four About weeks, three, four, four weeks. Four weeks? Yeah. Four, I'd say four and a half weeks, right. something like so that. So as a new show, has it gotten locked in? Or in the case of Equity Waiver Theater, often they'll write up right until the last minute to uh, make the changes. But That's, that's kind of happening with, with yeah. us, wouldn't you say, Bart? Well, actually, in the first rehearsal, I think the director said this is a new piece, and we welcome any of your comments and any mm-hmm. of your thoughts, and I think there was actually too much of that. <laughs> oh, right. Because there is, a, there, there is a place for that. Uh, um, when you're workshopping a, a show and you want it to develop, it has, isn't quite developed yet, then mm-hmm. everybody should... Uh, um, put in their own comments, but um, this piece is developed. It's sort of a done deal. And even though we have changed it from day to day, it has moved on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is Chuck Farber's piece, and his mind and his voice is the one that should be heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you get, does it? Will, will the uh, writer and the director put a lock on this show? Sure. Okay. Well, uh, for this production, yes, it may change for future productions. Yes. But for this production, yes. Right. And I'm really impressed with the progress of the way that the actors and actresses have, have you know, uh, dealt done with, dealt with yeah, the changes. With the changes. And, yeah. Um, it's a lot of a lot of memorizing. Trust no. me. I said to Chuck, I said uh, uh, these are more lines than I've said in my entire career <laughs> on one page. On one page. I'm serious. And um, but I'm so impressed with this cast. Really, mm. I really am like. I feel like I'm learning from them, you know. They're so amazing, each and every talent in this cast. There's a lot of talent in this cast. Yeah. That's nice. Very good actors. That's nice. And it's a concentrated run, too. It's only four weeks. There are only eight shows. There's only eight shows, so Mm -hmm. we should get... So it's... You know what? Before we forget, Michael, let me kick this off and just make sure that people know uh, about this. This is um, Countermen. This is at the White Fire Theater, which is 13500 Ventura Boulevard in Sherman Oaks. I should mention, too, that, you know, it's the only operating live theater in Sherman Oaks. I do know that. And the it runs from Saturday, August 6th through Saturday, August 27th. Only eight performances, and those are Friday and Saturday at 8 p.m. And for tickets, you can call 323-960-5521. That's 323-960-5521. Or you can go to www.plays411.com slash countermen. That's countermen, M-E-N, not M-A-N. And uh, there's a metered parking on Ventura, and it's a free parking on Dixie Canyon, and also... I think if you go to the shows, I don't, I'm not 100% sure of this, 
But I think if you go to the shows at Whitefire, you can utilize the uh, valet parking of all the neighboring restaurants around there. Well, I know that uh, one directly across the street on the same side of the street, I think you can use that one for sure. Perhaps mm-hmm. some of the others as well. I think it's $5. And, and there's a great, it's a great little restaurant. bar restaurant across the street uh, called um, the Boneyard. Boneyard Cafe. Boneyard. Boneyard yes, Bistro. That's, that's just opened diet. recently. I wouldn't know. Phenomenal food. Really? Yes. What kind of food? It's it's very eclectic. It's you know do you know Laurel Tavern on Laurel yeah. and Ventura? Mm-hmm. It's it's very similar in style to that. Just really great comfort food like pub food. Oh. But uh, but higher end. Okay. But it's directly across the street and I think about half a block north. I know it because we're uh, my theater company is doing a show at the White Fire, and we were sort of scouting the mm-hmm. area for advertisers mm-hmm. for our program. So that's we we found out about the local food choices very quickly. Well, there's free parking also in Moore Park. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 No, it's a great and and uh, the White Fire is a great that's, space. That's a, a, a little bit of a hike up don't, there. Don't no, be it's only that it's a mile away. <laughs> no, no, because I mean when I first started rehearsing at the theater, I got I scouted the area early, mm-hmm. and then I said to myself, like, oh, you can. Park on Moore Park or Dixie Canyon. It's the same distance. Yeah. You mean they don't have parking spaces for the Michael actors? Michael is one of these guys, boy. If Michael has to walk more than half a block, he's just he calls for a rickshaw. <laughs> That's what he does. You know, he just will not walk. Oh God. <laughs> Which is really, again, it's not really your thing because you're fairly frenetic and you're fairly, you know, you've got so much energy and yet you need to be carried around on a velvet pillow when it comes to going it's, to the theater. What's happens, that about? It happens. It happens. <laughs> Once in a while. Happens. Silver spoon in his mouth. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. Not very often, no. Not I'm not demanding. No. What? I'm not demanding. Yeah, what? who are you and what have you done with I, Michael Sterling? Exactly. Exactly. See, the Sterling. Yes, it's a sterling, it's a sterling spoon. Well, I think this is a show that sounds fascinating to me, and I like the fact that it takes place in a, in a Los Angeles restaurant here. Yeah. And that you're all, uh, and, and you're one of the customers, right? I am. And you're one of the waitresses, as you said. Are you, yes. You're the, the lead waitress? Or? I think she's, that place is her place in her mind. Oh, okay. You know, she treats it that way. Well, yeah. in everybody's mind, I think. Yeah, yeah. And the, and the countermen are her, you know. Her she, boys. They're her boys, you right. know. She cares about each and every one of them. But she rules the roost there. She's a... It's her place. Don't mess with her. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Marion, what was it you were nominated for, for the NAACP Image Awards? What were you nominated for, for that? Police Academy won. Yeah? And, uh, yeah, and, and, and guess who I was up against? <laughs> You'll never guess. Uh, let's see, uh, Grace Jones. <laughs> Uh, and then the girl, the little girl that was in uh, Color Purple, the sister to Whoopi Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Okay. The one that uh, went to Africa. Right, yeah. right. The one who comes back at the end and it's the big yeah. emotional moment. Yeah. And Oprah Winfrey. And Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> was it Sister and then Tyson they, was the other? No. No. no? Uh-uh. Okay. It was Oprah, uh, <laughs> Grace Jones, and that little girl. I can't pronounce her name. That's, uh, that's <laughs> some competition there. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and you didn't and win? And <laughs> and they said, and the winner is Oprah Winfrey. I'm like, really? <laughs> what are the odds? What are the odds? What are the odds? She was in really? color purple. She, right. she was really good. Yeah, <laughs> I know. She wasn't bad in that at all. I know. You know, so <laughs> I thought I would one day meet Oprah and say, girl, <laughs> you stole my nomination. Yeah, give me back that award. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But you can give me a TV show on OWN Network, though. Or at least a segment <laughs> yeah. on their series. What's right. going on with that, by the way? Are they struggling? They are struggling. Really? Yeah. The the shows are trying to find their audiences. Yeah. It's just sort of like it... it they I, wouldn't struggle if they hired me. <laughs> Holler. <laughs> they can just, hear that. They can hear that in Chicago. What? They can hear Marion in Chicago right now. Yeah. That's right. I need my own show, Oprah. <laughs> but no, no. Uh, that, so that's what I was nominated for. Oh, well, that's still an win. honor, right? Yeah, yeah it was. It's an honor to be nominated. That's, that's what right. they say. Honor to be nominated. And believe me, I know. And she's done such uh, interesting other uh, things in her career, like the musical version of Gone with the Wind. Yes, it was called Scarlet. And you did it here in Los Angeles at the Music no, Center? No, I did it in England, and it ran for one year and three months. Obviously, they wanted me for the role of Scarlet. <laughs> what role did you play? Well, Prissy. Yes, that's what I thought. Okay. But I wanted Scarlet badly. It started here in Los Angeles, that show. No, it started in uh, Japan. It went to Japan after Los Angeles. Joe Mm -hmm. Layton was the director. 
No, Remember? the original. The original. You didn't realize it was a quiz show, did you? No, no, no. <laughs> the original version of this show mm-hmm. started in Japan, and it was three hours long, mm-hmm. or over three hours long. And then, it, and then they did it in England at the Drury Lane Theater. Mm-hmm. And then they cut it down to, you know, it was still a little long, I think. And uh, and then they brought it here. With Joe Layton directing yeah. all of these shows. Yeah. It, with Pernell Roberts here in Los Angeles. Yeah, and that Les, was th- Leslie Ann Warren playing that was Scarlet. Th- yeah, that was the third uh, uh, Gone with the Wind. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's but the ours show was I the saw. That's ours the was the only successful one, though. Well, I, yes, because I know Los Angeles was a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. L.A. was a disaster, and, and I remember being there on opening night. And when was this? Act- did they have a horse in that yes, one? Yes, they did. We had one in ours also. And with, the, uh, with the end of Act One, ending with... Uh, uh, Leslie Ann Warren as Scarlet in the 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 uh, carriage with mm-hmm. the horse. Mm-hmm. And the horse acted up and then started to do business on the stage. Ours did too. Ours did too. And How do you it, not it know that? Reared that's... up. <laughs> reared up like wild yeah. crazy. Ours did too. And she said, talk about not using bad words on the internet. Get this effing horse off the stage. <laughs> And they were bringing down the curtain at the same oh. time, and the, the, show, the act wasn't even finished. Ours, the uh, same thing happened, but ours happened opening night. <laughs> and the horse relieved himself on a raked stage. Oh, and, lovely. And, and, uh, uh, <laughs> and the orchestra, <laughs> and the orchestra was, they were still playing the score. God bless you. They had to get up. Yeah. And they were backed against, you know, with the or- <laughs> it was just I jumped out of the wagon with the baby dangling. They said, "Prissy, get back in the wagon." And the horse had jackknifed, and it looked like the whole cart and the horse were going to fall into the pit. <laughs> that was opening night. How do you not know? How do you not know when you say, you know, we're going to do a musical, we need we need a horse. How do you not know that you're going to have problems like that with a horse? I oh, mean, yeah, it, but uh, he was doing both at the same time, <laughs> one and two. Oh, lovely! And that was that, like after the burning of Atlanta, you know, as he was supposed to circle he around. He was trying to put it he out. He whinnied and <laughs> he was trying to put it, it out. It was on. Hence the expression: never work with animals or kids. <laughs> right, right. Because both of them, anywhere. Yeah. yeah, but that was a wonderful experience for me, though. Well, certainly a memorable one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, because I I just had the biggest uh, the laugh on on that show. I just thought it was I mean amazing they could attempt to even do this and put it on a stage and then have that go on. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse well, me. Was we did a cast album too? So you did? Yeah, I oh, have wow. I have a, 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 a copy a of copy it. of it. Yeah. yeah. Was the horse on the album? <laughs> <laughs> no, the horse is dead. That's his heart. <laughs> He fell asleep. Um, Dead and, and out of the show fell. business. That's what we <laughs> call it. Right? Yeah, he fell oh asleep and fell. We should uh, we should pay the bills, Michael. Do you want to kick off the live arts calendar for us? Yes, I will, sir. The Hollywood okay. Bowl's production of Hairspray reunites the show's original Broadway stars Harvey Firestein and Marissa Jarrett Winoker. Both Firestein and Winoker, respectively playing mother Edna Turnblad and daughter Tracy Turnblad, were awarded Tony Awards for Best Leading Actor in a Musical and Best Leading Actress in a Musical, respectively, for their appearances in Harrisburg on Broadway. This is the first time that either have performed these roles together in Los Angeles. This is also Firestein's <clears throat> Hollywood Bowl debut, and joining Harvey and Melissa will be Broadway and television stars John Stamos, my dear friend Susan Anton, Drew Carey, and superstar recording artist and teen heartthrob Nick Jonas of the Jonas Brothers. Hairspray will have three performances only at the Hollywood Bowl this week, starting Friday and Saturday, August 5th and 6th at 8.30 p.m., and Sunday, August 7th at 7.30 p.m. Coming up at another of LA's historic theaters is your chance to see Ennio featuring Ennio Marchetto, the living paper cartoon, which will play an exclusive one-week-only limited engagement from August 23rd through the 28th at the Pasadena Playhouse, a global phenomenon Ennio Marchetto is the original transformation artist revolutionizing the art of origami into a unique performance that is nothing short of comic genius. Marchetto uses his dynamic physical comedy, a sizzling soundtrack, and ingenious paper costumes to magically morph into parodies of over 50 of your favorite personalities from Lady Gaga and Eminem to Fred Astaire and the Mona Lisa. And it only gets better. You can win a free pair of tickets from our friends at the Pasadena Playhouse by writing to us here at State of the Art. 
hearts. That's right. If you are the 15th email to be received requesting to see this show, you and a guest will be attending a performance of NEO on either August 23rd, 24th, or 25th. It's as simple as that. Send your email to us here at State of the Arts. That's stateoftheartsla at gmail.com. Once again, stateoftheartsla at gmail.com. And for more information about the events in today's live arts coverage, you can visit either stateoftheartsla.com or performingartslive.com, where you can also peruse what's happening in Southern California every day of the week. Our next guest began acting on television as a child. He appeared in the first New York production of Godspell and the Rocky Horror Show. He most recently appeared in the long-running L.A. hit Jutopia, but perhaps is best known as Binzer, one of the co-stars of the hit series Vegas, starring Robert Urich. Please welcome Bart Braverman. Yeah. Don't have a lot of sound. She gets the crowd, I get the cowboy. Is that how this is going to go? I don't really Vegas, have. baby. You know. Okay. I, I only have one more, and that's this one. So let's figure that Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. How are you? Who'd you, do, who'd you do in Rocky Horror? Um, I played uh, Riff Raff in the Rocky Horror that Show. That was a loaded really? question. Yes. Really? That's, one of my, that's just such a phenomenal show. I went to the 35th, uh, um, uh, re- 35th annual reunion at, uh, at the Wiltern Theater, and uh, Tim Curry was there, and a number of uh, uh, people from the original cast was there. It was fun. It was yeah. really great fun. Yeah. You know? I just put one of those ones that just really, the Rocky Horror has that music that is just, I mean, everyone talks about infectious music and musicals. Little Shop has it, you know, it's one of those, but just, it's just a great rock score. Oh, it was great. And you forget yeah. how good Tim Curry was. He was fabulous. Oh, he was brilliant. phenomenal. Well, he's always he, brilliant, He was wonderful. He? Yeah. He had three albums out before he stopped putting record albums out that I loved uh, growing up because I I found out about him from Rocky Horror and he had an album called uh, Fearless and Read My Lips and Simplicity. Those were the albums. Great covers. Uh, He had one hit, I Do the Rock, was the one hit that he had. I love that musical. Just uh, and uh, the first New York production of Godspell. Right. And I wasn't in the original cast, but I did join the original uh, cast. Uh, uh, Godspell was written as a um, as a master's thesis project, actually, at Carnegie Mellon, where I was in school. Was it really? So I knew all the people uh, who were involved in it, and they went off to do. I had actually left a little bit early. They went off to New York to do what they were doing. I started doing the show in Washington D.C., and then they called me to come to New York when they went to do the movie. So I joined. The I didn't realize that it was a. It was like a school, uh, much like. Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, what's the the Rice and Weber one? Uh, Joseph. Joseph was yeah. a school was a school project for them. Yeah, that's right. That they did for, right. wrote, wrote for boys. That's why there's no female roles in it hmm. because it was written because they were attending well, a boys' school. Well, there's one major one, yeah. yeah. One major female. Yeah. But yeah, that's right. And and Godspell is a great show. It is. It's a wonderful show. I, I I seem to go to a lot of reunions. I just went to the um, 40th reunion of the, of that company uh, wow. in New York, and it was fabulous. We yeah, had yeah. a wonderful time. And I thought, you know, they're redoing Godspell. They're going to do it on Broadway again. And I thought that it actually wouldn't work because I thought it was too dated. Yeah. But we were doing it this reunion. Everybody got up and sang the songs that they sang in the show, and damn, that music is good. It holds mm-hmm. up? Yes, it yeah. really, the music is fabulous. It'll take you in. Whether the play will hold up or not, I'm not sure, but the music is really wonderful. Because yeah. there's, there's, there's shows of that era that I don't like, that really don't fare well now. Like, you know, a, a perfect example of that is like, I can't, I don't like listening to Pippin anymore. Because <laughs> I think Pippin is really, the music is very, very dated. However, yeah. if you've seen the, the more revised version of Pippin, which was just done at... Uh, at uh, Deaf West. Not Deaf West, but uh, oh. at East West. Oh, Oh, the, the that's right. I'm sorry. The the Asian themed the yes, Asian yeah. theaters. Yeah, and it was spectacular. It was, it was. What do you mean updated? New songs? Yeah, N- updated in the sense of the orchestrations. They had a live rock band. They Ooh. had all of uh, the storyline. The, you know, the clothing. Everything was very hip and happening. The same storyline. But it was. Oh just, right, that's the one that they did, and it was sort of like stylized, like the comic book art, the right. Asian comic book art. Right. Yeah. And actually, Stephen Schwartz wrote that, right? Yeah. Right. And Stephen gave his permission for these changes and then went to see it and said to East West they it was so brilliant he said that he was going to employ many of their changes and put it in the music center production which was coming oh, wow. up the Mark Taper at that time and that's exactly what he did oh. but it didn't go to Broadway uh, hmm. unfortunately I, I don't know why that happened but it didn't go back to Broadway but uh, speaking of uh, hit productions the uh, 
you're on the heels of one. You did Jutopia in town, right? We were at the Greenway Court Theater for eight months. Eight months. Which in, in Los Angeles is quite a run. That Absolutely. is That is phenomenal. Because, you know, as we talked about in the lobby, getting people to live theater in L.A. is is far more difficult than the other cities because there's no cabs. <laughs> you got to drive everywhere. Is and that people why? are just, well, well it's, it's, for some reason, they're just not used to it. I don't know why. There is a lot of theater in Los Angeles. And there's great know, theater, the yeah. NoHo Art Center, you know, in the no, mm -hmm. uh, North Hollywood Center. There's a lot of theater to see, and some of it is really, really good. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know why people don't go. It's you know for the price, it's a good, it's a good ticket to get. I I I do stand by that mindset. I think that when people have what we're up against here is that you're not up against in Chicago or New York is that people have driven all day already. Tough. And the last thing they want to do is Tough. go back out of the road. Oh, believe <laughs> I me, no I'm not. For them. I'm not defending it. I'm saying that it's a mindset that we're up against. Of course, it's tough. Stay but, home and watch Dancing with the Stars. Much better for you. <laughs> no, stay home and watch Snooki. <laughs> oh, yeah, please. Yeah. I, mean, no, but, I think that the but, show that we're doing now, I think, Counterman, this is a profound play. I think it's no. an extraordinary play. It's about the impact of the military on several generations of Americans, and not just men. And the impact, not for the good or for the evil, but both. Mm -hmm. It's an extraordinary play. And as I think you mentioned at the top of the show... Uh, Chuck Farber was a Navy fighter pilot mm -hmm. during the uh, Vietnam War, and he wow. flew a number of missions, and he writes it from uh, uh, from experience. It's yeah. interesting, though, that he would he would choose this conflict to write about when he, with his experience being Vietnam, is are, are the themes that universal, or is this specific to the war that's going on now? Well, I think when he began writing, the show, the show begins in, in 2004. Mm -hmm. and runs about two years. In, not in real life, of course, <laughs> but right. the time span of the show is two years. Um, and I think that's when he started writing. I think that's, you know, he's been tinkering with it for, for okay. a long time. Okay. And uh, um, uh, in, in the cast, my character is a Vietnam vet. Uh, I was just about to ask you The man you who sits next yeah. to me is uh, a veteran of the Korean War. There's a, a, a man who is a former stand-up comic who, you know, is a veteran of all wars and is older than us. So there are several different generations uh, of men there. And then the young man, the 30-year-old man, uh, a Mackie, uh, he hasn't gone to war yet, though he ends up going to war. But he's quite enthusiastic about the whole idea of going to war because he hasn't been. Okay. You know? So all of those different conflicts are represented. And it's, it, yes, and, and then what happens to other people? Uh, a Marion's character is, is not only the waitress, she's a mother who has a son who's serving in Iraq. And the people with relatives in that war are, are impacted by war, as they are in every war, of course. Yeah. No, it really sounds fascinating. I want Did to you yourself, were you ever in, in the military? I was. For, and which branch? I was in the National Guard, which is almost like being in the Boy Scouts with guns. Mm -hmm. um, well, if you think it isn't, just as a, as a lead-in, um, when I joined the National Guard, uh, about two weeks after I went in, it was a brand new unit, so everyone was brand new. Mm -hmm. No one had even seen a gun, much less been trained w what to do. This is when the Watts riots broke out, about 1965, and we were called up. Now, the fact that we were called up means that somebody called the colonel of our unit and said, are your guys ready to go in if necessary? And this Yahoo said yes. Who knows what would have happened? It, you know, we could have made Kent State look small. Wow. No, it's I, perfect casting. His character in the piece, it's, it, I, he couldn't have cast it any better. I, I don't have a big, uh, I'm not. I'm not in love with the military myself. <laughs> My experiences there weren't weren't all that good. And Paul, were you in the military? I was not. My father was. Yeah. And my father owes a lot to the military because he uh, he when he came over from Italy, he didn't speak any English and mm -hmm. had a and that they really sort of embraced him and you know took him in and, and he was in the Air Force for a while and uh, he he enjoyed the experience. But I am a I'm not a big fan of the military. I would have yeah, to side myself with Bart on this. Yeah. yeah. I just uh, I. It's that, uh, well, you know, that's a whole nother show. It is. A whole yeah. nother show. <laughs> I, 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 I don't mean in any way to disrespect the, the no. essential work that they do for us. I'm saying it's just not for me. Right. Yeah. But, um, and I think it's definitely for certain people. It, it yeah. is. No, you a, have to be. Yeah. Without and it, a doubt. And it, and it no. makes them probably better people. Some people thrive in it. Yeah. Hmm. I wanted to be a wave. Did you? Yeah, I did. And why didn't you? I, show business got in the way. Yeah. You're lucky. You know, but I did want to be a wave. Really? I wanted to be a nun too in real life. But. 
<laughs> and what about a whack? No, I didn't like the color of the uniform. Oh, I see. Didn't go with my complexion. Oh, I see. Well, this is a, a play I think that uh, everybody should take a look at, don't you think? I mean, it's just the importance of it, and it certainly I think sounds it's an like extraordinary it play, and if it didn't go to Broadway, I'd be real surprised. Really? I think so, absolutely. I do think there's a little work to be done, but as I said, I think it is a profound play, yeah. and I think uh, uh, that it will go all the way. And, you know, we also have to stress this, too, because this is one of the things we've talked about, uh, Bart. You said that the the possibility of it going to Broadway. This is something that Los Angeles can offer that a lot of other cities can't. This is an opportunity to see a play of this quality for $20. Exactly. Right. <laughs> for $20 in, in an intimate space, the White Fire is only 90 seats. Mm -hmm. So you get that you know contagion of, of being up close, and it sounds like it would, with the nature of this show being in a restaurant, I'm assuming it's one set, it's the, mm -hmm. the restaurant the whole yeah. time, right. Right. that you just really, I would imagine you really feel like you're there. And uh, remember, folks, it is a very limited run. Eight shows, four weeks only. And uh, before the end of the hour, we will definitely give you that uh, information again on how you can secure tickets. Mm -hmm. um, Bart, I want to ask you about this, your screenplays. Uh, can you uh, tell us anything? You had two screenplays and a couple of sitcom pilots, or would you prefer not to talk about your screenplays? You're waving again. No, no. <laughs> You're waving again. You're waving at me with one finger. What does that mean? No, I, not me. Not at all. Don't be silly. You're making that up. Um, <laughs> I have written a couple of sitcom pilots, three in, in fact. Um, I haven't sold any sitcom pilots, but like every cab driver in L.A., <laughs> I've written them. Um, and, uh, and I wrote a film called uh, Season Tickets, okay. uh, which takes place uh, in the summer of 1958, which is the summer the Dodgers came to yes. Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> my father died that year. And it's about our family, okay. <laughs> our survival, okay, basically, and how we made it through that summer. And okay, that was the end of. However uh, else we got through life. The Ebbets, the Ebbets Field. My, uh, my uh, grandfather and my uncle John both remained, stayed in New York, but remained Dodgers fans even after they moved because they were so devoted to the Dodgers that uh, even after they left... I'm still a Ram fan. Yeah? And they don't play in this town anymore <laughs> as far as I know. Yeah. It's one of those things yeah. that's in your blood. If you yeah. grow up with a certain team, what are you going to do? If they yeah. move, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? And my father was from Brooklyn. Was okay. from right in that area of Brooklyn where Ebbets Field was. Ebbets Field, yeah. And so the fact that the Dodgers were coming to L.A. was like such a big thing for him. My brother was a San Francisco Giants fan because my grandfather was a New York Giants mm -hmm. fan, and he turned him out to that, and then they went to San Francisco. But my brother, who still lives in Connecticut, was remained a San Francisco Giant fan, and he had the most bittersweet moment when they won the uh, World Series because here was his team, had not won for 52 years, not won in his lifetime, and they won, but my brother had tickets to take his son to Game 6. And they, and they won, won the and game. they won in the fifth game. Well, that seems unfair. So he was just like, he was very, very happy that they won, but he's had to deal with a crying 10-year-old because Aww. they wouldn't be going to California the next day to see the game. So it was a very, very it's, bittersweet hmm, win for it's him. It's good training. Yes. Yes, <laughs> it is, because that's how life works. Yes, yes. And and for any of us who lived in Chicago for any length of time and were Cubs fans, Hello. we know from disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I just wanted to ask you about one part of your career here, which was on Vegas with mm -hmm. with somebody that I admired, and that was Robert Urich, and mm -hmm. I thought he was a terrific uh, actor, and I thought he was a very nice man, actually. Robert Urich is on my short list of the nicest people I've ever met. Indeed, indeed, and, really? and when he was uh, taken ill toward the end of his life, I was crushed by that, That, uh, but he certainly handled it, uh, you know, as best he could. But I think we lost somebody that was a uh, you know on to even greater things. I don't even think he can scratch only scratch the surface. Oh, absolutely! At that point. He was a tremendously underrated actor. If you ever saw um, Lonesome Dove, uh, mm -hmm. which I think was his best film, he was great in Lonesome Dove. Yeah. And it could have been. Uh, he was unfortunately so good looking that he always got these you know sort of. Not yeah. Da 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 yeah. kind of yeah. DNA series. Right. Yeah. Spencer was pretty good though. People liked Spencer yes, a lot. Yes, they did. That was really great. I think that happens to Tom Selleck, too. I think Tom Selleck is a far better actor than people give him credit for, because he just yeah. happens to be a good-looking guy. Yeah, he's done, Tom Selleck's done a lot of great work. I, yeah, I, yes, I, he I love he's Tom on Selleck. the series mm -hmm. now. Well, he has that uh, whole right. series of, uh, of Jesse Stone. <laughs> 
Blue, uh, Blue the, Bloods. Blue Bloods. Blue Bloods. Oh, yeah. oh, no, but he did the series of uh, Movies of the Week, this Jesse Stone series about a, a sheriff in, like, a, a small town, and uh, he really hit it out of the park. And I thought, uh, what's the one, the film that he was in with um, Kevin Kline? Uh, uh, in an, I want to say In and Out, but it's not that. Hmm. It's a, he was a, the, the, the one... The one where Kevin Klein is revealed as being gay. He's a theater professor, and he's revealed as being gay. Uh, I remember the film, but I don't remember the title. And uh, I want to say Out and About, something like that. Anyway. Possibly. And so, Joan, Joan Cusack in it. Great movie. I like In-N-Out. What? I like In-N-Out. I enjoy their burgers. <laughs> yes. The great American burgers. The great American burgers. Uh, Robert, had, uh, there was another uh, fascinating casting choice on that show, and that was Judy Landers. Wasn't she... Fascinating because... <laughs> well, she, I, I don't think she really was the type of, of actress that fit the rest of the cast, so... Well, she was in a sense. Uh, she fit right in. I, I mean, you, you'll forgive me, Judy, if you're listening, she played the dumb blonde. She wasn't dumb at all, really, no, but no, she Judy, played that yeah. dumb blonde really yeah. well and, you know, yeah. was built to the wall. And uh, um, <laughs> it was... Uh, now, how would I, someone I, like that fit in in Vegas? Though? I don't That's know. the question. It was a tight squeeze. <laughs> <laughs> Lady, I'm Where sorry, is no, that? Were, I'm sorry really Bart. Would you say that again, please? Wonderful. And actually, Phyllis Davis, who played B, played the, played her as an older woman. When you really get right down to it, right. uh, uh, but smarter. Mm. I mean, she played her, her, but you know, the sort of motherly. And then the '57 T-Bird played the car. <laughs> I remember that? Didn't they, the car? Didn't that park? They in drove the into yes. the, the into living the, room. That living was room. that was right. the joke. Loved that. Yeah, I, I got very lucky on that show because I, I was only hired to do one scene mm -hmm. in the pilot episode, and I got very lucky because when I went in to do the audition, Yurik was there, and he read with me, and we loved each other Sweet. from the beginning, oh. Oh. and he was very funny, and I, so I got the job, and you know it, the scene went really well. We all laughed, and I walked away and said thanks a lot. And about four months later, they came back and they said, you know, we've been looking at the rushes and we've been looking at, the, as we put it together, how'd you like to come join the show? Oh, wow. So it was Great. a really sort of afterthought kind of thing. Oh, man. That's, a, that's the dream, how they paid me. Great. How, Great. Long, how long did you do Vegas? <laughs> Three years. Really? Three years. And, uh, and people, about 70 episodes, right? Um, Gosh, I can't tell you how many there were. So I, really, I read that about you, about 69, 70 episodes. I don't know. I it was three years yeah. of episodes, 30... I don't know how many would we have done mm -hmm. in a in a 22 in a it's season. 22, yeah, yeah, yeah. about Something that, yeah. Like that. 24, yeah. 24. We had a wonderful time though. I, I honestly, Bob Urich was there, there. Can't be a nicer guy on the face of the earth, and a gentleman and kind to his fellow actors. This is a guy who was the star of the show who never looked over his shoulder to see if somebody was gaining on him, to oh. see if somebody had a better line or a better moment. Mm. He was very generous as a, as an actor. He was really a pleasure to work with. Well, good to hear. Yeah, You're not nice. the first person to say that. I've heard that exactly. about him a number of times. And then we just have to get in real quickly the match game. You were you were a regular on that. <laughs> Everyone I saw did, that. I, I did match game uh, um, uh, probably a dozen times, I suppose, maybe. And it lives on today on the game network. Yeah. You know, it's always people ask me about match game all the time. And you were uh, good on it, I remember. Thanks. I enjoyed it. It was lots I, of fun. I find that... Uh, we drank. I, I, <laughs> during the show? Oh. <laughs> Are you kidding? Before, during, after, lunchtime, anytime. Not Brett, though. Brett Summers didn't drink. Did she? What Brett did? Uh, <laughs> Brett and her God. Oh, look at the time. Know. Look at the time. Before we forget, speaking of time, because we do want to ask yes. them about their, uh, baptize them yes. with our thing that we do at the end of every show. But before we get there, as a reminder, the production that both of our lovely guests are involved in is the production of Countermen, a world premiere going up at the White Fire Theater. That's 13500 Ventura Boulevard in Sherman Oaks. Ticket purchase information, call 323 5521. That's 323-960-5521. And tickets are at plays411.com countermen. So look forward to seeing that one. Don't and forget about the parking. And of course the parking yes. is, is there. We've already gotten a number of uh, theatrical disasters from you because you had the problem with the horse. <laughs> so I'm wondering if you can improve on that with the story of uh, anything that happened to oh. you that even comes close to a horse well, having an accident uh, on stage. I've had several, um, <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out which one. Um, does it have to be theater? Or? It'd be no. whatever you like. Okay. I had a call back for uh, Nesty. Remember Nesty yeah. Plunge? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and I don't know how to swim. 
So I, I auditioned and got a call back. And then they said, you know, are you are you allergic to uh, iced tea? And I, oh, I drink it all the time. I grew up drinking iced tea and blah, blah, blah. Anyhow, the bottom line is that the call callback, I had another callback, was at a public pool. So I thought, oh, God, what am I going to do now? The jig is up, right? And so I... I had this little wig pinned on. I didn't know that when you fall in the water, if it's really not pinned on well, that the wig is going to come off. Right. That's number one. Num- when I fe- fell backwards. And number two, <laughs> I thought maybe I can get the crew or who, who, the producers to laugh. So I said I made a joke of something. I said something. And they were happily, they were yuck yucking it up. That, and, and then they put you at the uh, deep end of the pool. I didn't know that either because I'm 5'4". I figured, you know, so no, the deep end, over six feet. So they were laughing and slapping their knees and blah, 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 blah. And I did the sign of the cross and then fell backwards. And the next thing I know, they were, I, I remember coming up, you know, one time and I, and they were doubled over laughing. And then so I heard somebody, I came up again and somebody said, she's so funny. And then one guy said, no, I think she's drowning. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm, uh, you know, I realized that when I came up the third time, talent were dropping their portfolios and jumping in with their clothes on to save my behind. And then I kept saying to them, I can do it in five, five foot, three inches of water. I'm five, four. Really, I can do it, guys. They said, no, 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 that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. I begged them and they said, Okay. So they let me, they took me to the other end and everybody moved to the other end and then they let me do it again. Only I didn't get the commercial. You didn't get the commercial. No, what happened? I nearly died. What happened to the wig? Was, well, I took the, the wig off. Oh. You know, I had long hair, you okay. know, at the time. But the funny thing is that I auditioned for a commercial and several years later and then they call, you know, uh, sign up sheet, Marion. And I said, yes, I'm here. And this girl said, you are Marion, not Marion Ramsey. And I said, yes, hi. And, and, you know, I thought she wanted me to sign an autograph. She said, you ruined my dress. <laughs> I dove in to save your behind. <laughs> that was like two years later. Really? She never forgot. Wow. And it just it ruined your dress. Well, that, this girl she, to save she, me. Yeah, but that's what she took with her. Not that not the fact that she saved someone's life that day. Right. That her dress was I ruined. I ruined her dress. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, so man. that's it. Nesty. Plunge. St. Plunge. Bart is. Uh, Bart I'm not sure, but where Bart is on this, he's sort of like in the pensive. I was going to tell the story about Brigadoon, but then I realized it's totally visual. You can't tell that story. You're going to so, tell a story about pushing someone into a pool at an audition. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Brigadoon story. It involves a kilt. Okay. It doesn't matter. Um, you can't leave us hanging. When, now. when I was a kid, Ba-dum-bum. when I was young, I was on the Red Skelton show. And I played, really? Yeah, and I played a, a a a boy looking for an autograph. He was doing his uh, I forget what was the name of his punch drunk character who was a boxer, yeah. and the guest star of that particular week's show was Rocky Marciano, who oh was my the gosh. I, don't, I don't think he was heavyweight champ at the time. I think it, that was probably past his time. Mm-hmm. But so he was on this show as a guest star. But <laughs> but I had just done a movie called Somebody Up There Likes Me, which is about Rocky Graziano. Right. So my line was. Uh, when they came out of the gym, I was supposed to say, oh, look, there's Rocky Marciano. And I had an autograph book in my hand with a little pencil sticking out of it. And at the dress rehearsal, I said, oh, look, there's Rocky Graziano. <laughs> and as soon as I said it, of course, I realized I'd made the mistake. And everybody laughed. Ah, ha, ha. It's really funny. Red Skelton takes me aside. He said, now, when we do the show tonight, and by the way, Red Skelton was live television. Mm-hmm. He said, when we do the show tonight, I want you to say Graziano. I said, no, 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 no. It was a mistake. I, I'm, I'm really sorry. I know I was supposed to say, he said, what's the name of the show? I said, all right. All right. I get it. Thank you. Show comes on. They come out of the gym. I say, ooh, look, there's Rocky Graziano. Everybody laughs. The kid is so dumb. Yada, yada, yada. And without me seeing him, Red Skelton went around behind me, took off his cap, and hit me on the head as a joke. I didn't know it was coming. And I had this autograph book in my hand with a pencil in it. went, <gasps> And stuck it right in my eye. Oh. oh. Now, Whoa. fortunately, I didn't stick it in the center of my eye. I stuck it in the corner. Oh. But Ouch. it's live television, and you aren't yelling, oh, shit, on <laughs> television and running off stage. 
So it was just like, you know, I just put my hand over my eye and laughed with everybody else. How like much a, longer of a scene mother. did you have really? after oh, that? Oh, just a few seconds. It wasn't oh anything gosh, dramatic, though. like four oh minutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> did Mr. Skelton apologize after the show? No. No, not at all. I it doubt that he even knew. <laughs> I'm sure he didn't know. Wow. He didn't have to call an ambulance. That's amazing. My mother oh, was upset. If that I would imagine. How old were you? Oh, 10-ish, 10, 11. Yeah, I would be upset if I was your parent as well. Oh, man. Well, it was a job. <laughs> it was work. <laughs> so what was the kilt? You have uh, uh, one minute to tell us about the kilt. Brigadoon, kilt. John, John Cosgrave, who's now a big poet, or a small poet, I don't know. He, I guess it depends on the kilt. He kills. ran on stage at the wrong time, and he wasn't supposed to be on stage. Okay. And he ran on stage, <laughs> as soon as he got there, he realized he was in the wrong place. And this horrible deer in the headlights look came on his face, and he sort of took that stance that you take when you're about to dance, and he did two or three steps and danced as the kilt was flying up. Oh, and he danced oh. off the stage. Oh, just one of those moments that you remember when you can't remember what your name is or where you live, yes. and you can see John Cosgrove sort yep. of, you know, flying off stage. We were talking about we were talking about uh, keep it brief, but uh, that I did this one man show for a while, and uh -huh. that's that's what you find when you're doing a one person show where it's in 90 minutes of you and just 90 minutes of talking. Right. You forget something. You forget how to tie your shoes. You forget everything that you ever knew because you got so much going on in your right. head. It's one of those moments where you're just like, when you forget something, you don't just forget the next line, you forget how to feed yourself. <laughs> well, I about imagine it's all four. tied together somehow because yeah. I watch those one-person shows and I, I, yeah. I don't know how they get from moment to moment. Yeah. Except that it's all somehow in their mind, it's all tied. Well, to interestingly mean. enough, it's bridges. It's like I could do. I did the show fourteen hundred times, mm -hmm. and I could do the show right. I haven't done it in three years. I could do it right now and probably get through about a third of it. Then I would need one line of a bridge, and then I could get right. through a third of it. It's right. Just little right. 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 But anyway, we are uh, we are done with our hour. We Michael. are indeed. Well, thank you so much, both of you, Marion. And Bart, thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure to have Our you pleasure. here. A lot of fun. A lot of fun, you guys. And once again, Countermen is four weeks only yes. at the White Fire, opening yes. this weekend, Saturday, August 6th, through Saturday, August 27th. So please check that out. Call for tickets, 323-960-5521. Indeed. Thank you, Paul. And thank you, Michael. And we'll see you all next week. That's right. <laughs> You're listening to State of the Arts with Michael Sterling and Paul Strolley right here on L.A. Talk Radio.